Oh, wow. Well, guys, we're back here once again with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 169. And at the time, we're going to be doing this episode live. It is Halloween 2023. So happy Halloween to everyone. And obviously, stay, stay safe. And if you see a person uh, running after you with a Michael Myers mask on, uh, you're not in a movie and make sure to call the police. But that would never happen in America, obviously, right? Everyone's sane here and really, really nice. And they would hurt a fly, actually. Uh, no, please just, you know, make sure you lock your doors. Do that, too, actually. And It reminds me of the evil clown scare mm -hmm. that we had a couple of years ago. And actual people dressed as Batman went after them. Sorry, interrupted your spiel. <laughs> no, it's fine. That goes to show you that sometimes when that stuff from, like, that stuff actually happens, I just go, like, okay, we're probably in a clown world right now. Holy shit. And then, um, as I mentioned, I was going to have a, like, Halloween-related video uh, last night when I officially started to do it because I procrastinated so long and did it at the last minute. It turns out there's a lot to do with it, actually. So uh, it's going to be out. Uh, a few days later, potentially, or earlier, depending on how much I actually can, you know, work on the video itself. I got very, very far last night, but the problem here is, you know, don't want to throw out something like that too early on because then when it comes out and it's not up to the level that I think it should be at, then I'm going to be very disappointed. So I'll just, you know, just wait out for a little bit, you know, got a lot done. I'm going to probably revisit it later on tonight and finish the rest of it up. But apparently, when it comes to, like, anything Halloween-related, just... Halloween related people have to understand uh this will be a video you're gonna really really enjoy whether or not you're like a a, a grandma a mother a dad an uncle this be something everyone can enjoy from now even five years from now that's why I like doing uh this kind of content sometimes more because people can like watch this right now and then listen to it obviously in the moment when they're obviously consuming this kind of stuff but then this is something you can also go back to later on and watch as well this this doesn't expire. I mean, you're not going to expire on us, right? You know? <laughs> Hopefully you not. Your, you pass your due date, you know? Unless the comes, then, you know. <laughs> Also, unpopular opinion, most of the Michael Myers masks are not that good looking outside of, like, three of them, I would say. think a good amount of them are really, really disgustingly overrated. But then again, pepperoni pizza is better than sex. People got to change my mind about that, you know? Pizza and cinnamon toast crunch. Hmm. Mm. The I could never live without those two things. But today here, we're joined here by uh, Annie Pinkova, right? Pinkova, yes. Okay. So uh, nice to meet you. How are you doing? Uh, every superhero nice has an origin story to a certain extent. Uh, so how was your life growing up, actually? My life growing up was just fine. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Born and raised in South Dakota. I still live here. South Dakota? Yes. Probably the first person I've ever met that even has even mentioned that as a state. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh population wise, it's not a very big state. We have, I think, less than a million people. I haven't checked statistics lately, mm -hmm. but I, as far as the country goes as a whole, yeah, not super populated. And uh, so what do you do now for like your free time outside of like, do you have a nine to five? You have a, re a regular day job, right? I do. I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. But um, basic, I mean, what I do from an internet standpoint, um, my, my channel name is politically mm -hmm. incorrect knitters, um, mm -hmm. which came about because um, I mean, we have this 
you know, that we have cancel culture in gaming and nerd stuff and everything else, it hit the knitting world in a crazy degree. So our channel was kind of a kind of a pushback against that, or it still is a pushback against that. And we also like interview um, sort of canceled creators and stuff in the knitting world. So it's something Mm -hmm. a little different. It's really interesting because there's so many things that people will never experience because of just how obscure they might be as like concepts alone. So when you told me there was people in the knitting world canceling each other, I thought... I was in there going like, huh? What? It's like that uh, John Shard meme. What? What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So, because, you know, most people aren't going to know this as a concept. Where would this even start at? Because most time you're like knitting, you're doing your own thing. You're just making something for like, you know, your family and something mm-hmm. as a gift, doing it obviously in your free time. How would something like knitting go to where people are canceling each other? Well, um, with two different ways. I mean, first off, when the the internet comes to any hobby group, um, Mm -hmm. I would include gaming in that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. D&D and other things that it used to be if you were playing D&D, you had books at home. And now Mm -hmm. there's more of an online forum um, aspect to that. So um, with uh, knitting, a lot of that came from a website called Ravelry. Um, which is the largest online knitting and crochet pattern um, platform. Um, They also have forums in that. But um, if you were, for example, just beginning to knit, most people would direct you there as a great place to find free patterns, um, to connect with people local to you. If there is any sort of like yarn event, fiber festival, find your local knitting store. That would be a good place, even as a tool for a directory for that. Um, But part of that was that the couple who started Ravelry are ultra liberal. Um, The, there was, there was an event back in 2008. The one that started our podcast was 2019, but in 2008, they, there was a um, conservative um, group on Ravelry. I think they were called the Red Hens, um, where they would like specifically in their thing, we are knitters and we're talking politics from a conservative angle. Um, the people who had that forum were booted for voting McCain Palin, which is pretty uh, pretty milquetoast. So they started their, their own forum and then were still harassed by the owner of Ravelry off his website. Um, and then the the big one that started um, our, that kind of set us off um, was that in 2019, uh, the owners of Ravelry dis- declared that all support for Donald Trump was de facto white supremacy and therefore not allowed on their website. And anyone who supported Trump was off their website. Um, and that went, and they were like, oh, we don't mean all Republicans, of course. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> it, um, anyone who had just the slightest uh, right of center and, and would express it on Ravelry. I mean, if you weren't on a forum and you weren't touching anything, I mean, they had no way of knowing. But yeah, you were you were booted from the website. 
Um, so that was that was a huge deal. There's also um, cancel culture and knitting when it comes to a lot of people who have a business in the knitting world. It is like a one woman shop, maybe two. And you're either there's some people who sell their hand knitted goods, um, but normally it's more of a hand dyed yarn business or you're creating knitting patterns or you're doing things like that. So with most hobby industries, you are, um, it's a lot of competition, basically, that there's a lot of people who want to, um, you know, make a business off their dream job, um, you know, working with their craft. And there's, it's a, it's a high cost business. There's not a large profit margin with that. I mean, knitting patterns some, but it's knitting patterns are more difficult because they're normally digital. So Anyways, so you have that, um, but there's a lot of competition in these, you know, home craft businesses, and um, a lot, a lot of people who would have that competition destroyed. Um, there was a large case a couple of years back where um, there was a lady, and she was um, offered a trip to India. Uh, Karen Templer was her name. And she said that she had always wanted to go to India, but had never in her wildest dreams thought that she'd actually get to go. She said in her blog that it was like being offered a ticket to Mars. That was considered racist and othering and how horrible of you. And she apologized twice and it was a whole big mess. Another, um, another lady, she... Um, had a yarn dyeing business, a very popular one, Maria Tuscan. And she said, hey guys, Instagram's getting a little intense for me. I'm going to step away for a while. And she was considered bigoted, racist, the rest of it. How dare she not take the claims of people seriously? So it's things like that. Um, there was, and another case, there was um, Nathan Taylor, who absolute sweetest guy. He uh, went by the moniker Sockmetician. Um, he does the most beautiful and complicated um, double and triple knitting. So I, I know it probably won't make sense, but it, um, it makes even work on both sides. There's no backside to your project. Like there isn't a right side and a wrong side. So it's very, it's very technically complicated and he is very highly skilled in this. Um, so he puts out these knitting patterns and he actually made a business. He, um, collaborated with different yarn companies to have his specific yarn done. He put out knitting books, um, and he would actually go to all of these fairs and do classes. And that was a huge source of income for this guy. He made the mistake of again, saying that, Hey guys, we're, we're getting a little, it's getting a little hot in here. And he had this poem um, about diverse nitty that he, and it was this cutesy little poem. He wrote it in an airport and it's basically, Hey, everybody should just get along. And he was canceled and considered most horrible and racist. And how dare he, you know, a white mm -hmm. man though, mm -hmm. uh, it should be, if it matters, uh, you know, married gay man, who is HIV positive, but that doesn't matter in any of this. He's still a white man explaining in mm -hmm. any sort of 
diverse, nitty, whatever. And he did that. And he was uh, very ill-treated. He was harassed. He was to the point of being suicidal. And there were there was still the kind of cancel mob sort of egging him on and mocking him and all of these things. And uh, he just came out with a book now. That was several years ago. But still, this is <laughs> this is the kind of knitting world controversies that happen. Sorry. No, it's fine. I think it's one of these things where you'll have it happened in the gaming industry, like you mentioned, where like you'll have these people that'll come in and think that they're like revolutionizing the industry that they're coming into, even though they've never liked it, they've never heard of it, and they're coming in thinking like they're making history in it. I don't know, potentially hiring you know women or whoever ex person of color when it's like. I, I don't even know how that how they in their brains would even concept that as a thinking point because that they, they they themselves would have to believe there's like no women or people of color, men or women that didn't like it before they would even enter as a person in that space, which doesn't make any sense. And I think the point you brought up, um specifically with the guy where like he was gay and he HIV didn't matter these people that's why i was trying to tell people when it comes to these kind of people even if you would have i guess you could say attributes of things that they would apply doesn't matter to them these aren't like rationally sane thinking people they just want to just come in and like a tornado just destroy everything in its path and then just leave actually you know i don't think these people are here for the good of like all these like nerd cultures i i just don't honestly because these people would you know, claim to love this stuff, but in reality, just destroy everything. And then the worst part about it is that no one ever, ever seems to pick up ever. I'll, I'll bring this up always in these shows and my other pre-recorded videos is people will, these kind of people will gaslight you into believing some bullshit that you know with your own eyes and ears is not true. But other people who, let's say, be more on the fence of not really standing up for themselves, just going to just believe it. You know, they're themselves don't even believe it either but as you know because you've been around a lot longer than me probably maybe less i think <laughs> is people are actually more inclined to go with the flow than actually standing up for what they believe in that's very true and then uh i remember there was a college study a long time ago where it wasn't that the people were stupid they're, i think people understand not i don't really generally classify people as stupid i just say they're stupid because their actions are stupid people themselves are not inherently stupid they just choose to go with the flow rather than actually just choosing to, I don't know, not go with the flow because of, you know, peer pressure, how the internet, you would say, would look at them, people on the internet would look at them, and um, family or peers, actually, right? So it's really bad about a lot, a lot of this stuff. You have these disgusting people who come into stuff and ruin everything. Then you have these people gaslighting other people into believing this is the right way of doing things. Then you also have people that have been here for a long time kind of like second guessing how they would even think about general life situations it's like it's really disgusting honestly you know it can even happen in people like you know your community knitting this is knitting here it's making clothes <laughs> i know it's it's absolutely wild and also um with the sort of you know people coming in and changing it um that you do like for you know People are never satisfied. So it's now even gone to, you know, what are we canceling this week? Well, 
you know, there's certain kind of stitches that have names. There's a Chinese waitress cast on. There is, you know, just other technical terms that naturally have odd names where they come from. The Kitchener stitch is how you sew up the bottom of socks. Um, but, you know, we have to cancel Kitchener now. And it's things like that of, oh, you have to move this way and not this way. Um, there was a really big one that happened recently. Um, there is a man named Stephen West. Um, his He's probably one of the most successful um, knitwear designers. And he does these big, ugly shawls. Like, what? <laughs> like just you know, multiple color, bizarro patterns. Um, I mean, some of them are are more nicer, but they're just doodles everywhere. It's very highly technical, but also very fun to knit. And he does a mystery knit along um, every year, which uh, he says, you know, how much yarn you need to do this. And you get clues every week and then you knit one section and then the next week. Anyways, it's fun. And it's a big event for a lot of people. And he knit, and he his uh, clue for this year's knit along, um, it was a pinwheel pattern. And somebody in the forum said it looked like a swastika. So he did it. Yeah, uh, exactly my reaction. Um, it's like, no, it doesn't. But he's like, okay, then you can do an alternate pattern, but you can't do this alternate pattern. You can do this one. But it turned out that he he generally kept out of politics. He, he mm -hmm. kept free. But in this situation, he basically said that, well, for, for the people who saw it as a swastika, it doesn't matter from what background you may be saying that, no, it's okay, you can knit the original... Um, with the knit along, anyone who participated uh, on the online groups would be eligible for prizes, you know, if you played along at home. And anyone who knits the original pattern was then booted from that group. <laughs> that he wrote his, his own pattern, his own product, but he wanted it so erased from the internet that even if you were like, hey, I liked it and I'm going to make it on my own you could no longer play with him in his own mystery knit-along group. Oh, my goodness. What kind of community did you get into? Holy crap. Someone to ask you this. How did you ever get into this, actually? Well, um, I mean, I started knitting uh, probably early teen years um, that a, a friend of the family um, taught me um, how to knit and I was uh pretty prolific <laughs> uh mm -hmm. after a while the first um like actual complicated read a pattern project that I made was these uh hand warmers that were in Doctor Who that somebody had a pattern online and I had to make them I was very excited they were uh Rose Tyler wore them in the Doomsday episode if you're familiar um but anyways, so I I did that. I was so prolific with knitting that I um, started selling my stuff. And because woohoo, what are you going to sell in nerd world or what are you going to sell generally in the knitting world? I would make nerdy hat patterns, um, which I did fairly. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, 
it wasn't like a huge income thing, but it was, it was enough to, you know, keep it going. Um, I would do here. I have some hanging out my little things here. I have a couple of them left over. Most of them are sold out, but I had, um, like I did a lot of Marvel hats. I did Loki. Loki was very popular. Um, Bucky Barnes was one of my most popular one with the, with the red star on top. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, I did a couple Black Panther ones. Those mm-hmm. were less popular, but they were fun to do. Um, yeah, so I would I would make nerd hats mm-hmm. and sell them online. So um, I was on Instagram basically during all this. Here, there we go. There we go. Different Ooh. black hat. So yeah, they, I they uh, sold to people, and they sold very well. That's crazy. Okay. Well, well, Again, not super well, but well enough that I thought it was worth doing. And mm-hmm. I was knitting anyways, and I thought it was fun. So, How was it um, shipping products to people as an experience? Because I'm pretty sure you didn't have prior experience with that before. Um, It was fine. It was... No, like, person order lost and you had to replace it kind of thing? No, not that mm-hmm. I know like I said, it wasn't huge quantities. You, okay. <laughs> you can only make so many of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, none of none of that issue. I did have a, um, well, the Black Panther ones. I originally made them because someone's like, hey, can you make this hat for me? And then total radio silence after I had made it. So I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that was all fine. Um, a couple of people who uh, put their wool hats in the dryers and wanted a new one. That was always an entertaining thing. Um, no, but that's all good. And because because of that, I was on Instagram, which is where most knitting related drama is. And oh wow! <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Instagram just lousy with knitters. Good um, lord! <laughs> most of the drama comes from Instagram. That's yes. okay. Well, um, I mean, if you think about it, um, there's not knitting related drama on Twitter really, but Twitter is more of a word based website mm-hmm. and Instagram is more pictures. So it makes sense for if, if people are sharing pictures of their projects that a more picture based social media works better for that. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, and because of that, I was plugged into the knitting world of Instagram. And um, yeah, and then I heard about the um, Ravelry controversy. That's what sort of made me personally know that there was some big political upset in knitting at all. Um, but here, let's see. I I thought I had one sitting around. Um, but I had, um, during, during this whole thing, that was also Mm -hmm. when Colin Kaepernick, um, said that Betsy Ross was awful and bigoted, um, and that he wouldn't wear, uh, Nike sneakers that had Betsy Ross on them. You know, not to mention that the, you know, where and how the Nike sneakers were made that's more of a statement on slavery than anything betsy ross who was a quaker and an abolitionist ever had to do with it um 
But because I had made this uh, Betsy Ross flag hat pattern Mm -hmm. and um, I was kind of active on the newly formed conservative knitting Mm -hmm. side on Instagram that I was, you know, posting and talking with people. Um, My friend and now co-host, a deplorable knitter is her moniker. Mm -hmm. She has a funny story. Um, She said, Um, She contacted me because another lady had um, a museum exhibit, actually, that she was starting called Crafting Conservative, because when it comes to, quote, craftivism, um, liberals are way more into it than conservatives are. You know, liberals will sit there and crochet a banner that says F Trump or, you know, Mm -hmm. we need abortion now or whatever the Mm -hmm. deal is they will sit there and they'll crochet that or they will do activist pieces when Mm -hmm. conservatives um knit something because they believe in because they have some ideological bent it's normally that they're you know knitting baby things for crisis pregnancy centers or hats for the homeless or something Mm -hmm. like that that it's a it's a different kind of mental take when it comes to knitting for mm-hmm. a cop. Um, so this lady wanted to get together a art display of conservative crafters and reached out to deplorable knitter who had seen my hat and then reached out to me. Okay. So how do you like being a consecrator actually? Um, I like it well enough. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not anything that I ever um, thought I would do. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I I watched a lot of political stuff, you know, even growing up to now. You know, I always listened to Rush Limbaugh and the rest of them on the radio. So there was always that little back of my mind thing of, mm-hmm. well, if I was interviewing someone, how would I, how would I do this? How would I do that? Or mm-hmm. wouldn't it be great to talk to somebody someday and be like, oh, yeah, but I had no. Mm-hmm. serious views of that mm-hmm. and yeah and i we we now have the show we now have politically incorrect knitters where we do these kinds of things and um yeah we do live shows too and build the community and it's been a wild ride mm-hmm. and it's the thing about podcasting i'm pretty sure you, you know this too it's like there's a lot that goes into it that people just don't see you know mm-hmm. if you are like a viewer actually because people would look at it from a lens of oh this is what the bigger people do for their podcast and it's like well you, not everything a bigger person does is something you can apply to your thing because it's just you know reach uh resources available to you you know that's just how it would go and i've kind of realized that if you don't have like a big show in like numbers people don't even look at your show it's more like as long as you've been doing it for a while they like I, I realized having 100 episodes is like a, just a drop in the bucket actually like people want to see like the big numbers there like oh this guy he had like 500 episodes that's, that's that that's the goal for our show this one right here and they would be like oh my goodness this is a big show i can go back and binge all your episodes and i'm like people are weird i'll just say that people and it's uh you know i've learned my craft and i like, talk to people better um formulate questions better trying to get the most out of someone because back in the day when i first started doing this i was so trash guests were just carrying me left and right but you know it's a it's a point of getting through it because you get through that phase and you get better and you just honing your craft actually 
Because yeah, even, even people now will, will would say like, oh, you don't really like challenge your guests enough. It's not only about challenging them or like trying to, I don't know, debate them as people like these days. I don't really think people like debating like that because most of the time when someone like, you know, doesn't like someone else, they go on that person's show. Mm-hmm. They don't even have this like heated conversation. It's just a conversation for the most part with just different opposing viewpoints. I always find it better to just have a conversation with someone and just get the most out of them by asking things that they enjoy because who doesn't want to talk about things that they enjoy and the problems that would come when things you enjoy, like obviously even something like knitting actually. So also in knitting, you would say there's more, you should say liberal people, right? Um, Generally, I would say that, um, well, like I said before, cancel culture, cancel culture to use that term be that way um is a little different in the knitting world um because it is primarily women and men are in the minority there but i would say of the people who are active online i wouldn't Mm -hmm. say like all of them are liberal but i'd say it's more common that um of of the people who knit in the world many of them don't bother attaching it to any sort of an online forum that they'll buy yarn you know buy knitting books don't bother with the internet just enjoy their hobby by themselves <laughs> maybe go to a local crafting group <laughs> get together um it doesn't have to be an online thing because um you on a uh, social media you're like always going after the political people too you're like oh, your takes are stupid you're, you're dumb <laughs> you always seem to be very unhinged actually what? That's what I've noticed. I don't know who you're talking about. The last uh, unhinged take was saying that Robert Pattinson Batman doesn't actually do anything. I mean, yeah, I, see that right there is unhinged to nerds. Like, what? You insulted a Batman actor? How dare you, woman? Not oh, even saying goodness. he's a bad actor. I thought he performed well as Batman, but I am saying that in the context of that movie, he did not. Like, if it was mildly competent police detective, he would have done as well as Batman in that movie. It's a plot mm-hmm. issue, not a character. Like, I like Batman, but... Yeah, like, uh, I remember watching that movie opening Thursday, or Friday night, actually, and I remember not hating the movie. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I just felt like you didn't get enough out of him as Batman. Mm-hmm. But that specific Batman that they tried to give you was based off the detective comics from, like, it was like this noir Batman, you know, and I guess for that story, it kind of worked, but he would also still have to, I don't know, it just kind of feels like, I don't know, I've seen better year two story Batmans, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I've seen better year two story Batmans in other media that I've read, but, you know, that that one was a, was a, a an, an attempt that I would say, you know, it came yeah. off a little bland, but I feel like the other elements of his performance kind of, you know, shined at certain moments too. I never really like the Alfred uh, casting for those movies for that one specifically. I feel like he was the worst Alfred we've ever had, honestly. Um, I I didn't mind it. Um, I'm, I enjoy superhero movies. I don't know very much about the comic books. So I'll just Mm kind of say that outright that, um, I, I didn't mind him. I thought that, um, we could have had more of Andy Serkis, Alfred. I thought, he could have added more to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, he, he didn't, he didn't look like previous Alfreds, which is an issue when you're trying to do the character. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I, my complaint was more 
I mean, like, okay, visually stunning film. Dispute mm-hmm. the sound beats, loved yeah. it. I loved that, you know, put the goth back in Gotham. Even Robert yeah. Pattinson looked like part of the architecture. I don't mm-hmm. think he smiled once when out of mask, maybe not while in it. We don't know. Um, that, you know, you have that all of that was fantastic. Um, but it was very much this everything sucks and you can't change it the movie um that you have it's like no batman even though he's a dark character he's the dark knight it's moody gloomy i make up the rest of it that's like no at the end of the story batman wins that's how it goes that even um you know in in the dark knight the christopher nolan movie it's like yeah things suck but you got the joker harvey Mm -hmm. dent is dead that's a bummer but batman runs because he wants he wants he creates this kind of lie and that harvey dent was the good guy so he can take the blame so people can have hope because hope Mm -hmm. is the point at the end of the film the robert pattinson batman movie is like they didn't just kill his parents they killed his parents like from Mm -hmm. Like Bruce Wayne's emotional standpoint, everything that he's thought of as good in the world is mm. now wrecked. And you have all these institutions and we're taking them all down and they're all wrecked. And there's there's corruption and there's this and there's that. And Batman doesn't even manage to, you know, save the city from, you know, bl- being blown up and all of this flooding and the rest of it. And then the kind of unrealistic bit is where you have this entire movie full of, you know, unhappy occurrences going down the line. And, you know, the the person who stands to benefit from all of this, the new lady mayor, she's okay for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that seemed like a glaring omission. And, you know, that they they painstakingly did parallels between Batman and the Riddler the whole movie. They did the, oh, you're an orphan? I'm an orphan. Do you creepy write in notebooks? I creepy write in notebooks. Are you a bit of a voyeur? Me too. They had scenes paralleling them the whole time. And at the end, Batman's like, well, I'm not you. And you as the audience are like, yeah, Batman's not the Riddler. And what what, what was the payout for that? Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You're you're saying why inherently throughout the plot make them kind of similar with aspects of things that would make them similar, but at the end of the movie say that they're different when that would be clearly obvious to the viewer that they're different, even though mm-hmm. they have similar goals of what they're trying to do, actually. Right. That it it seems to it seems to build up a well, Batman isn't really the good guy either. And they're like but he's batman mm-hmm. what's <laughs> anyways my um i think uh this i have to go back and rewatch it I've, I've only ever watched it the one time but i distinctly remember not liking the riddler performance i thought the riddler mm-hmm. performance was generally pretty bad actually i remember just being kind of like a like like a slog to get through honestly mm-hmm. it doesn't even look like the riddler for being honest here like that's true let's say it has to be like well, the, the, the thing people always never understand when it comes to how you adapt a character from book to the screen is people would say, oh, it doesn't work. But when you watch an anime, 
I mean, anime is able to, I don't know, adapt their stuff from manga to anime. They found a, they found a pretty good, easy way of doing it after all this time. I don't get why that can't, that can't be a conversation for like comic book movies. Is people would say, oh, it, that, that, that just doesn't adapt very well to screen. Not a lot of Japanese tropes adapt very well to the screen, but they still do it. You know, right. a lot of that shit they do uh, that just doesn't work in, in in the eyes of like how it would hit someone until like much later when you're able to even grasp concepts in and of itself, right? But the Batman movie, I felt like it was. I, I felt like people were just overrating it. I thought I thought I got a pretty. I thought I got a good movie, but people were talking as if like this was like better than Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. I was like, no, no, I was like, no, it's, it's not on that level yet. You gotta you gotta need some work there with this character, you know. Oh. It, it's got a lot of style points and that can carry it a long way. But mm. when kind of at the end of it, you're, you know, it's one of those movies where it's like, after you sit down and think about it, you're like, actually, no, that's anyways, how I, okay. And I've, I actually saw that movie like three times. So, mm. I mean, there, there's, there must be something about it. I really like, but it, there was still like a, uh, like, you know, and Catwoman too. Her her sort of oh, story. Zoe Kravis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, not that I thought that her as an actress did a poor job, but again, it was mm -hmm. the it was the parallel things with she says I hate drugs, Bat, and then she's selling drugs at the club. Batman says I hate drugs too, where mm -hmm. he's juicing himself at the end fight scene to fight the villains at the end. And it's like right. It, it's an entire setup of you're not really the good guy again, which drives mm. me crazy. Hmm. Yeah, the same thing happens in uh, like movies like Thor: and Thunder with a uh, Gore, the God Butcher, where mm. later in the movie even though they've clearly set up he's not a good person, he's actually a serial killer, mm. that they'll throw in dialogue that will basically contradict what they set up only to basically prove that he's actually not really a bad guy. And then it's going to, but you know, he's not a, you know, he's a bad person. And I, and I don't, I don't know why superhero movies have taken that turn or movies, just movies in general. They'll like set up, a movie working one way, they'll get you hooked on this plot. They'll get you hooked on a lot of things. And then when it comes time to really hone in, like, why they're going to be the way they are throughout the rest of the plot, they contradict themselves, right? So Gore's thing was that he thought the gods were just dicks, obviously, just for the lack of a better term, right? They're just pieces of shit. They're just bad people in general. They don't help anybody. Thor went to them, and Gore's proven right. These guys really ain't shit. Okay, so does that make Gore's motivation actually good? Because if they're supposed to be the gods, him getting rid of them probably isn't necessarily a bad thing. But then you re then you look at it realistically, I, I think is the best way of phrasing that, is going, okay, no, no killing people is still wrong, but that makes you kind of question, is he really a villain, actually? Because I find it very contradictory in movies now where you're setting up a villain or a hero and then you completely do very contradictory things and points and the execution style of it just just falls apart, you know. Like in Eternals, I don't know if you've seen Eternals. It was in MCU Phase Four movie. Okay, well that movie's terrible. Don't watch that. No, um, I've heard I've heard it's terrible and that it saved lives. <laughs> it, it you you would save your life not watching that steaming pile of shit. What well what have you watched recently then? Um, of okay, definitely watched and rewatched all the way through Endgame and then Spider Man, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, 
otherwise, I'm trying to think. Like, I you mean, watched Bull of the Thunder? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm sorry. Oh, I've, I've, I heard about it. I heard some reviews. Oh, no, it was um, terrible. You only watched it either. Save, save, save your life two hours. That's the, walking pilot shit. I know. Um, I saw WandaVision in the first season of Loki, and I saw bits and pieces of. Oh, like Loki is a good example of this. Well, the reason why I didn't like that first season of Loki, that was boring. It's tedious to get there. It's a slog. There's that might be one of the most boring TV shows I think I've ever watched in my life. It's like not even nothing happening. It's just boring. It's like, what am I looking at? See, the first season of Loki, I I liked it much better in theory than in actuality. <laughs> that and but also when I was watching Loki, I mentally I was like, oh, okay. So I've totally this is not the Marvel universe, okay? This is an mm-hmm. alternate universe spinoff, whatever, where we mm-hmm. have an alternate version of Loki. And I was taking it that I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm I'm sick and tired of what they've done with the rest of the Marvel universe. So we're just gonna have happy, fun times with Loki. And right. then then it turns out later they're like, no, 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 we're tying everything. Everything is Loki world now. I'm like, okay, you totally lost me. You had my attention for that much for alternate world, <laughs> but. No, I liked I liked the theory. Um, I liked um, and again, as long as it doesn't touch the rest of the MCU, I was mm-hmm. happy enough to go along with it. Um, that I liked the theory of it's like, okay, what if we had this alternate Loki and we we play with timeline things and we you know just we we have this sort of plot, we have this sort of um, mm-hmm. existential kind of idea it reminded me of um it probably took no inspiration from this whatsoever but it reminded me of um c.s lewis's the great divorce where it's a uh i guess it's a sci-fi but it's also kind of an allegory it kind of deals on the concept of um it's it's kind of a what if okay if people um trying to explain this that it's as if we had all died and gone to heaven or hell already, and but we didn't know where we were. Okay, mm-hmm. so that people, when people come to God, that they, let's say that they acted the same way they do when you are already in hell, then mm-hmm. as you do, you know, this side of eternity. Anyways, but this was portrayed in a way that. Um, hell was sort of a twilight world that it was going to go into final darkness, but it wasn't there yet. And heaven was a world that was so real, it was painful. So that would turn people away. Anyways, <laughs> all of that mm-hmm. to say that the TVA reminded me of that kind of twilight world where mm-hmm. you're in time and you're out of time and it doesn't really mm-hmm. make sense. And you, you have you see your life laid out in all of its faults before you, but you, (laughs) you either, yeah, you either come to terms with that or you don't, but also that's not what the Loki show was about. (laughs) Like that was Mm -hmm. almost had nothing to do with it. Um, The, the idea that those concepts could be connected that interested me, but I mean, like, Loki show is Loki show and I enjoyed Owen Wilson in it I thought that that was an interesting character um I don't know that the again modern Marvel it's crap but it's like I again I liked the concept I liked so, so the only thing you I, watched out of phase four was the tv shows right I 
think so. I think so. so you haven't seen any of the face war movies like Shang Chi, Black Widow, Doctor Strange two. Nope. None. Oh no! I, I checked out. I'm sorry. I I was very attached. I was heartbroken at you know Endgame. I was like emotionally distraught and <laughs> making this further and wrecking it made me so unhappy. So it's actually just like the books in, in a lot of regards that, you know, after a good time, they just start wrecking their own shit, will, willingly doing it. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the problem with superhero media in general. I mean, it's kind of the soap opera thing, but superhero films are really great at introducing characters they're mm -hmm. awesome at an origin story they do pretty well at sustaining but when it comes to ending anything they just can't it just mm -hmm. like kids out right because it's supposed to be one of these like uh never inherently in the medium it's supposed to be like kind of never ending you know mm -hmm. like happy endings are kind of like you say not even a thing that could ever happen though because there's always something that's going to pop up you know yeah it's no nobody can you know walk off happily into the sunset you know or else <laughs> they're going to get punished like i oh i'm happy with my wife and kid oh no you're not it's like because we want to drag you back in the superhero world again like mm -hmm. so let's start a phase one then so look look looking back now the first iron man movie i absolutely love that movie the first one Iron oh. Man movie is such a banger uh did you like the first iron man movie actually oh yeah okay after that was edward norton holy fucking hell edward i was about Norton's to say you skipped hulk. hulk but i forgot which order if iron man or hulk came first so hulk next. Did, did you like the incredible hulk actually um i didn't that's not one that i actively rewatch as much as the other ones um mm -hmm. I, I don't think it was bad mm -hmm. after that it was what iron man 2 i think yeah, it is um, Iron Man 2. <laughs> yeah. Freaking crazy. Um, Iron Man 2 was actually the first Marvel movie that I watched because the the Avengers was coming out in theaters. Mm -hmm. And um I I was like, oh, well, I've heard people say that they like this, but I have to, you know, catch up on the other movies. So mm -hmm. I went to our local library and Iron Man 2 was the only previous Marvel movie that was mm -hmm. out. <laughs> so it's like, well, I don't get Iron Man 1, just 2. We'll try this. So you liked Iron Man 2, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, after that, it was Thor. Mm -hmm. Love Thor. Loved. Mm -hmm. I love when Kenneth Branagh directs anything. Um, because that you have, you have all of these... Um, in Thor, because it's royalty, that you mm -hmm. that your family relationships become your political relationships. Mm -hmm. And Kenneth Branagh does a really excellent job in grounding a plot line in family relationships. Um, you see that, um, what was, was it Jack Ryan? Even in the silly Jack Ryan movie, but he did a really, really excellent job of that in mm -hmm. uh, Cinderella as well. But yeah, having that in the first Thor movie that you do have that intense opening mm -hmm. of these characters as a father-son. You have Loki's jealousy. You have both Thor and Loki and their devotion to their father. You have their father who's just trying to do the right thing. Mom's involved. We have this group. And yeah. that is really the baseline of this epic superhero story. Yeah, I like the first Thor movie, actually. It was crazy how people considered it boring, but I was like, "That's this is how Thor... 
not that Saint Thor is a boring character, but this is how that story would play out, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought I got a pretty good movie there. Uh, I'll also Ken Abrana. I've seen movies he's been in. Uh, the Hercule, P- I forgot. I can't pronounce the last name. The Hercule Pure movies. Or Perot movies. Yeah, her Perot movies. Yeah, I've seen um the Express one, the one with Johnny Depp. I saw that one, and I saw the sequel to that with Gal Gadot. Actually, okay. I know there's a third one coming out. That I just wait for five because those movies. Because when I watched those two, I was like, I don't know how I felt if I see these in theaters because that second one is is really rough to get through. Okay, you know, I don't mind like detective stories, it's just you know, sometimes in movies they just slog it through, and you're like, oh my god, can I? I, I I'm, I'm done trying to figure this out actually. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Skip to uh, end. Captain America First Avenger. Ah, oh, loved him. Um, and especially really rated super movie look, look, looking back now. Actually. Oh, I, I've seen that movie so many times. I've seen mm-hmm. that movie to the point of like the really obscure lines are the ones that I quote. Um, no, but also again, part of that. So the first movie that I watched in the of the Avengers was Iron Man two. And then again, after that, the first Avengers. So I'm out of order when it comes to Thor and Captain America. So because of that, I'm like, my my basis of Iron Man's character wasn't his redemption story so much as it was him working through issues with his dad. And I was, while I enjoyed the movie, I'm like, wow, what a jerk. And then Captain America comes on screen and says, wow, Tony, what a jerk. And I'm like, that's my man. We, you know, we're agreeing. You know, even not saying that he's not an interesting character, but you know that I know I really enjoyed that. First venture after that, what after that was oh, it was the Avengers that was after that. It was really good. The first Avengers movie is great, honestly. Really, oh, really enjoy it. Man, I remember watching that in theaters first time, and just oh my goodness, those opening MCU movie weekends, if you go with the huge crowd, are, are such a blast, you know? How you feel with the movie afterwards is debatable, but, you know, the, the actual experience of watching them in theaters back when this was first happening, because they were like, Iron Man, I would say, started everything, but I would say the Avengers is what really, like, solidified the impact of the MCU at the time. Mm-hmm. The Avengers really did that. And going, because I didn't think Iron Man 3 was good at all. I I, I thought, I was, I was like, what the hell is this? I watched Iron Man 3, I was like, this is complete shit. Especially I know, with the, I, the truth, the Mandarin character. Oh, yeah, I, I was I was a bit upset with Iron Man 3 at the time. I mean, right now, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> you know, <laughs> considering everything else that happened. But I'm like, yeah. you just, so you blew up all your suits to then make <laughs> them again. What's going on here? That doesn't make, so Pepper has powers. Now she doesn't. What, what? You're just being jerked every direction. Then uh, throw the dark world. Ooh, that, that that that's a rough one. Oh my god, you don't like that one? No, no. It's, oh god, what a rough one to get through. And then after that's Winter Soldier. Oh, I, I love Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is great, actually. Well, uh, Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy would, is really good. Winter, Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU movie. Period. Yeah, like great that, movie. Yeah, just you know, beginning to end, and mm-hmm. yeah, and part of it. That um, I, um, while, I mean, I like Thor, I think Mm -hmm. Thor is a great character, but the street level is where I really 
love mm-hmm. things, the more, the closer it is to reality. I mean, you're in a fantastical world, but the closer that you, you get to reality, the better. And it's like, wow. So Captain America is literally fighting the deep mm-hmm. state, which are leftover Nazis. Like this is pretty, this is the closest that the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. has got to a real villain. You know, that we, mm-hmm. I mean, we have, you know, corrupt military industrial complex yeah. with Iron Man. I mean, you, the Thor, that again is more, it's interpersonal. It's more family relationships. Like Spider Man movies are more interpersonal with villains than concepts mm-hmm. as villains. Um, but like later, the, the Mandarin, they couldn't like have a real Mandarin. They didn't have a real terrorist state mm-hmm. or thing that they had somebody play acting as terrorism. They didn't actually. I feel didn't have the guts to address a real issue there that they just said, Oh, well, it's the military industrial complex again. Um, I mean, you have Ultron and Ultron again is a good concept villain in that you want to protect the world too much. And that in protecting the world, you put the world in danger. You, you can't yeah. protect the world from yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that a lot of villains. I, Age of sorry. Ultron. You Ooh, it's yeah. I I do. I agree with what you said. It, it has good scenes in it. There's good some. There's some good scenes and good dialogue in it. But it's just, I can see they just couldn't top the first one. If you look back no. at it now, and it even copies the first one in the ending. Actually, they all the big battle. They're all together. They gotta fight the villain at the last minute. They knock the villain out. It's uh. I look back on it and go, there's there's so much more that could have been done there. They should have yeah. probably waited for Ultron as a villain for, for much later on, honestly. Yeah. I, um, I really enjoyed vision in that movie, but I didn't feel like the characters were very cohesive. It, it felt, um, I've heard people joke on the internet about this, that, you know, that, you know, after the first Avengers movie, there was all this, you know, you know, kind of fan fiction and jokes about all of the Avengers and they live together. And, you know, there was like little web comics about it and it was funny. Um, but age, um, I heard someone say after Age of Ultron, it's like, so uh, the Avengers were work friends and not real friends then. That's weird because I kind of thought that they would all like hang out and actually be a part of each other's lives. But it turns out that they just show up for a blockbuster movie every couple of years and really have nothing to do with each other at all. And it, it felt like that. It felt that they there was a little bit of banter, but that they were kind of cold towards each other. Mm-hmm. But it like the the team dynamic didn't completely come through. Like you had you had a good scene. So you had, you know, Hawkeye and Wanda and you had these things. But that you're know, like this, the group is not grouping. Right. I, but I, I think um that would I think they would need more Avengers movies for that to be a concept, because I in the first film, they're just getting together. I'm not going to have much time to develop as a team until like the very end of the movie. In the second movie, it feels like they could have had that moment to develop their synergy as a team, like which characters work better with, the, with with each other, but that didn't really manifest either. Then they kind of want you invested in Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, but then they kill off Quicksilver. Quicksilver dies to bullets, even though he can run super fast. That was just how... Because I, I was people... I know people have a lot of problems with the MCU now, but the MCU had its fair share of issues back then. Oh. People and people pointed it out. People always point these things out. It's just oh, yeah. I'm still never upset about Civil War. I know we're not there yet, but I'm yeah. still 
Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. like it's one of these things where people I've realized people complain about in the MCU stuff before. It's just obviously the movies you were getting, depending on who you are as a person, subjectively speaking. If you liked it, you're like, okay, I didn't like this, but at least I don't I think I I think I got a good movie out of it, actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it it's the difference between, you know, I had issues. I'll definitely watch it again though. You know, it's like I'm I'm gonna buy the DVD, and when I'm bored on a Saturday night, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop in <laughs> Avengers: Age of Ultron. I don't have a problem with that. I I will if someone's watching it with me, I'll still probably be like, oh, I could have done it better. But also, that's me. You know, you get that with any movie. Um, but yeah, that it's yeah, it's it's different. I mean, and even I think Thor again. I'm getting ahead of myself. Thor Ragnarok screwed up a lot of stuff. And yet I'm still like, it is a funny, watchable movie. That's the problem with it. It's so funny. That movie's stupidly funny, but it ruins so much. It also has the same problem that Guardians does, where the comedy kind of... But for Guardians, they managed to make to make it work. I think for Thor, it's just too... It's just too funny, which is never inherently a bad thing. But when something is too much of something and there's an overlap there, then you're losing out on other things. You know, because mm-hmm. that storyline based around Thor's like revelations for them, you know, and they are kind of treating it like a joke. And it's like, is that the precedent we should be setting with movies of this magnitude? You know, they're, they're completely restructuring everything we know about Asgard. And then Mm. they're killing everybody at the Mm. same time. Like this is the most tragic long weekend for Thor. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the, enti- the entire kingship between him and Loki. We're just going to invent another sibling. And then we're going to go, oh, evil colonialism that this new mm-hmm. other female who, you know, it's like this character who's a woman and better than everybody. And we have all of this gold because we stole it. And we are so awful and evil and, you know, whatever international peacekeeping that um, the Asgardians do. Let's throw all of that, all of international law, the rest of it, out the window. And it comes down to a line of Thor saying, like, well, you're my sister and technically should have the throne, but you're just the worst, so I'm not going to let you. And it's, mm-hmm. and then they destroy all of Asgard. And then they, you know, <laughs> have a few remnant Asgardians. It's like, this is a big deal. And this yeah. was just like a haha movie. You just you just flipped the Yeah, it, it conflicts yeah. you on what you it conflicts you on. You got something out of your movie experience, which is you had a good time laughing at the jokes, but what does it come? What does it cost? Right. Everything. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, it costs everything. And then even if you're like, okay, so that was a really rough weekend for Thor. But at the end of the movie, you have what I would consider to be Okay, you have peak Thor. You have short hair Thor with an eye patch, and he's king of Asgard. It's like, okay, that was a jokey, happy movie, but it's like, okay, mm-hmm. Thor has real responsibility and a right. real people mm-hmm. to lead, and his brother by his side, which is a huge deal for him. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you flip all of it again. You have the good bit that you had right there. And at the at the beginning of Infinity War, you're like, well, Loki is the ultimate red shirt. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill most of Asgard. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you saw Thor in Love and Thunder, and I haven't. But, mm-hmm. but at, from what I've heard, Asgard is just a sad little colony on Norway. They don't, like, make mm-hmm. a Wakanda. They, could, they have the technology. They could colonize the moon or any other planet. They mm-hmm. have... 
amazing amounts of technology and knowledge in this fictional world. They could do something with that. Mm -hmm. And none of it. And then what's her face? who doesn't have a name, uh, Valkyrie, that's like calling a woman police officer, um, that <laughs> she's she's in charge now. Thor gives up his kingship, and he's sad, and he has to find himself again. What's with that crap? And then it's the thing where they, he just, Taika Waititi just stripped away Thor of everything mm-hmm. that was left. Dad died. He lost his hammer. He lost his home world. Yeah. That's, that's, quite, that's quite a bit, you know? He learns he has a sister, and it's just it's ah, it's a hard, it's a weird movie to judge because if you watch it, the experience itself is great, but the aftermath of that experience is just freaking just earth shattering, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I can see because this is another thing I push you remember at the time. People thought Thor was boring, so I guess the uh, the approach to changing him up and making him more of a comedic character isn't the worst approach at the time specifically because people thought he was boring so they wanted to kind of switch him up but when it came to like love and thunder i thought they should just reverted him back because that approach can't work again because love and thunder it's just ragnarok except with worse jokes and wibber's execution of what you're even trying to do and it's mm-hmm. arguably even stupider you know right. like and i wouldn't even really give it to fans saying the character's boring because at the time, as you would know, they're going to just watch anything. It's You slap the Marvel logo on it, they're going to watch anything. But whether they consider them boring is irrelevant, because if you make a really good product, as people would say, they'll watch anyway. And I think instead of taking Thor on that route, they could have just honestly polished up why people thought he was boring. You know, Because a character like that would appear boring to an average person like me and you, because he's from a different world entirely. That's a concept they never actually explored, this character that I felt that was you know really lacking, was... He views us differently than we view him. Let's have a dynamic in the movie that complements that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which they did a little bit in the first Avengers movie. I mean, they did, yeah. They they had just a little bit of that, but how much time do you have? You have six different characters who each mm-hmm. kind of have to have equal airtime. Mm-hmm. And then, God, late. What is after Ragnarok? That was uh, um, we. I mentioned it briefly, but Civil War, that was, I forget if it was before or after that one. That's a movie that but, starts Phase 3, actually. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is, is like Civil War had some really great points, but they, I wanted them to go into the politics of it. And it became more mm-hmm. a fight about whether or not Bucky goes to jail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's a great aspect. That's good. But it's, it's kind of the thing. And um, you touched on it a little bit but Mm -hmm. the um the whole thing where uh like a villain a villain will have something to say and Mm -hmm. you said the thing about you know villains that they're they're bad and then later they're like oh but they're justified but the hero never gets that moment it's that kind Mm -hmm. of thing where um this happened in like early seasons of agents of shield too. the -hmm. bad guy would have a speech saying I'm the bad guy. And this is what I think. I think this corporation is evil and I'm going to take over the world and we're going to do good things. And I just want peace and prosperity. And I'm going to do that by world domination that they they'd have a motive that they'd have a sort of an end goal. And the hero would just be like, but you're the bad guy. And then Mm -hmm. destroy the villain that the hero was never allowed to have that sort of intellectual motivation. 
And you had, um, I mean, you had this very um, ideological debate, not debate, but, you know, you have the, you have the mm-hmm. Iron Man who is for all of this regulation and you have Captain America who is against it because he thinks mm-hmm. it's going to be corrupt. And then Iron Man who continues that he, he agrees to the regulation, everybody else goes to jail and he ignores the government's phone call because he's rich enough. And Black Panther signs on to the government regulation, but he has his own country and he ignores the government's phone calls because he's rich enough and that you have this. And then you have Captain America and that team and they all go to jail and eventually have to be rescued and become fugitives. And all of this politically doesn't make sense. And you had a little explanation with it. You had a little talk from Captain America about why this doesn't work out, but it makes and also it makes the like in world Marvel universe very difficult because mm-hmm. if you're like, okay, Captain America exists. All right, cool. If you're just Joe Schmo on the street, it's like, oh, actually having legislation by an unelected body like the UN that automatically strips you of your citizenship rights if you have any superpower or skill that is deemed Avengers worthy, that's a huge deal. That's mm-hmm. like really big. That It's mm-hmm. more of a, a an X-Men political issue actually than an Avengers political issue. I mean, they're, you know, in the, the comics. Actual- well, the, the actual comic the played comic on that, too. Yeah, going. the actual comic played on that, too. It was more like mm-hmm. it's a little it's a little bit, bit, bit more structured differently from the from what they were trying to do. But it, it falls in the same thing, like what you said. So let's see. Let, let's use someone like Thor. OK, if a government official comes in there and tells him what to do. OK, that's going to be very bad because Thor would peek your ass. Like, right. what are you going to tell Thor to do? Like, how do you relegate the Hulk? And that's why I liked uh, Civil War. Is is that, the, that that's my favorite MCU movie? Because I think after everything that it all offers, it offers that concept of like because the first part of it solidifies the movie so well. It's like you're in Scarlet Witch, she blows up that place on accident, she can't control her powers properly, and then people start really questioning like, what are we doing with these guys? It was the first movie to actually question all the shit that they had been doing, and they themselves had the question like, wait a minute, what? Why are we even doing? And the, you know, the lady comes in. And she tells Tony, probably one of the best scenes of the movie, the one of the most underrated scenes of the movie, where she told him that what they did in Sokovia when they fought Ultron, they killed her son inadvertently. They weren't even thinking about that. Because even like people like us, when we're sitting and watching this movie or watching the movies, we're not thinking about that stuff. We're not thinking about all the collateral damage that's happening to these people when they're flying around and buildings are dropping. You know, That's why I feel like the movie really shines in that aspect because it really does make you question like, if let's say this was real life, would we be okay with that? People just having powers that they could basically just go through a building and it could collapse and people could die. And because they're the Avengers, they'll just get off scot-free. It's like that. I, I, I love that concept a lot. I love it so much. And I feel like no other movie like outside of that one, like, I, I, I guess you could say superhero realm really tackles that, you know, like they have to really think like, God damn, we're, we're, we're doing some fucked up shit here. Right, right. And again, from the from the ideological angle, that's another reason that I'm like I'm I'm down with Captain America because even though you're like, okay, these people need to be kept in line. Okay, in in real world, I know superhero world is different. In real world, the UN is an actual like evil supporting terrorist nations organization. 
Okay, they, there's just a vote about that they couldn't even condemn Hamas's recent actions of murder in the UN. And the UN, quote, peacekeeping force do horrible, horrible things to any sort of civilian population that they are next to. And then their only punishments are being sent back home. Um, so we... In, in real world, we have these things. In superhero world, you can say, yeah, these people uh, put other people in danger and there's no repercussions. Um, so we're going to hand it over to this horrible regulating body. And again, I don't think that the Marvel world, I mean, I don't know that most people are like the UN is evil, but it's the truth. It The UN does horrible things. They have Iran on the women's rights um like cabinet uh it's like no those are not those are not the people who should be doing any sort of worldwide coalition of women's rights um that they they do all these horrible things and i don't think that the mcu was able to fully punch back at that and that mm -hmm. that they had they brought forward this regulatory concept and then they just kept mm -hmm half of their superheroes as outlaws until maybe you needed them. And then we did the blip thing, which wrecked your, it just snapped the universe in half that they had created. This fictional mm -hmm. world cannot handle that. <laughs> and yeah. then they, it doesn't, again, it doesn't make any physical sense for human beings living through this in order for this to work out. And they did all of that. But again, it doesn't make sense. It mm -hmm. doesn't make sense for a world. It doesn't make sense that what there'd be no vote. There'd be no anything at all that that just superheroes would punch it out. And you, know, you mean to tell me that Captain America was a fugitive and there wasn't people on the street corner saying, hey, why don't we pass a thing saying that Captain America isn't a fugitive? And also... you. Like, again, rights mm -hmm. and laws and things that should work out and then that they weren't resolved as problems. It was like, oh, well, it's OK. And then they just get worse with, you know, the with the Marvel TV shows later. Oh, like, yeah. They just they compounded. And what else do we have in there? We had. Did you watch Infinity War in theaters? Yes. Oh God! <laughs> what a roller coaster of emotions that was. <laughs> you know what's really crazy is that during Endgame, I really wish they didn't play Far From Home trailers during Endgame because they yeah. don't forget they played Far From Home trailers during Endgame, and at the time he was dead, and it basically told the audience, "Yeah, I know what you just watched doesn't really fucking matter because he's gonna be alive anyway." It's like, right? What? Oh, we're sitting there watching this going like, I was sitting there going like, no, they didn't just play a far from It's like, trailer. I guess Spider-Man comes back. Cause <laughs> they even, cause far from home trailers, the first one came out even before Endgame came out. People remember like they were, cause far from home, which is crazy. That actually ends phase three. I, you would think like most people consider Endgame the end of the first three phases. No, far from home is actually the end of phase three. And phase, it feels like such an odd movie to end the first three phases on. You know? Yeah, because it, I mean, it's the, it's the aftermath of Infinity War and Endgame, um, but also it's kind of, it kind of puts a button in and restarts the entire um, Spider-Man 
thing mm -hmm. that it is a conclusion to you know all of these different things mm -hmm. in a multiverse thing anyways i that was one of the rare times that i i liked the multiverse concept i'm like but now you stop <laughs> we did it for five minutes we had yeah. a good time we all cheered when daredevil was there and you know when uh when venom showed up that was you know that was funny mm -hmm. stop do not touch it more <laughs> could you like far uh not far from home uh no way home did you like that one the one Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield when they came and helped him, right? Oh, I'm sorry, I got them confused. I got um, I got Far From Home and No Way Home confused. Oh, Far From Home, I know I didn't like that one at all. I thought that was pretty bad. I was like, fuck, God, this is terrible. Like, I hate copy and paste movies because that reminds me of Force Awakens to A New Hope. The Force Awakens is just a movie. Let's say that it's one of the movies ever made. <laughs> God, the best movie to movie. It has yeah, some I think uh. Because look, looking at the MCU now, because I watched, watched Black Widow, watched Shang-Chi, I watched Eternals, Doctor Strange 2, No Way Home, Sword and Thunder, and what else did I watch? And I love Quantum Mania. The only ones I didn't watch in theaters was Black Panther 2 and Guardians 3. Those only two oh. I didn't watch in theaters. Oh, I did see Guardians 3 in theaters. That one made me really upset. Really? Oh, okay. I was so mad. Sorry, I was a fool. <laughs> And Mr. Jeremy from D-Day Cobra said, nah, man, Guardians 3 is awesome. So I said, okay, Jeremy. I was <laughs> I was so mad. That whole film. It was, and I saw people like, oh, it was a great movie. It made me cry. It's like, yeah, if I broke your nose, you would cry. But that doesn't make it meaningful. That just means I so broke aggressive? your nose. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's like, oh, Guardians 3 made me cry. Yeah, you put dead kittens in it. <laughs> <laughs> like you had a bunny and the bunny died like that wasn't a meaningful thing they just killed a bunny mm -hmm. so that was the only phase three movie you watched was guardians three right i think so i think so sorry i forgot about that one okay and coming out now we have the marvels and i'm sitting there going like, oh. we were like why is the marvels not tracking very well all right the same thing I, I, we talked about earlier people instead of saying how they really think because of backlash they'll just not go see it so why inherently say how much you're not interested in the marvels because people will call you misogynistic and all these instant folks stupid words you could literally just not go see it and that would show people that captain marvel was just carried by luck at the time that's not a good movie captain marvel's not good no it was a movie that not even jude law could save and i love jude law mm -hmm. um that and the whole thing was go out and see captain marvel it's going to be important for Endgame. game like, okay yeah. gonna go see captain marvel but right. no it was captain marvel is just she's this awful megalomaniac and then she mm -hmm. comes into the rest of the avengers and she's rude and she shoves black widow out of the way like right. oh i'm the woman in charge now because i have glowy uh -huh. hands and i can beat you up because her only argument for being a good character is power um she's just awful and then um you know this mm -hmm. i saw the trailer for the marvels and she mm -hmm. delivered the they're destroying every planet i ever loved line like it's a mm -hmm. hostage video and i'm kind of and then they have the the chick who is the the new big bad who her armor is too small for her she like swims in it and it doesn't suit her at all and i kind of wonder if they're not gonna pull a she-hulk 
Um, and I again, I haven't even seen She-Hulk, but I know the ending because I saw mm-hmm. reviews where they're like, oh, the bad guy in uh, Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel, but the real bad guy is the evil fans who don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's so crazy that we're going to get a Captain Marvel 2, and I'm sitting there going like, I don't think I've ever met a person in my life, whether it be doing these shows, whether it be talking to people in real life, I've never met a person that actually said they liked that movie. The mm-hmm. only thing they'll say about it is that it's not as bad as everyone says. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, that still puts it as not good. <laughs> no, I, I saw And I'll never say what's not as good about it. They don't say anything. It's just, oh, this is why I hate people so much. It's just not, just admit, it's just not that good. It's not entertaining. People don't like Captain Marvel from the books too. <laughs> I mean, like, she's not an interesting character. She sucks for the most part, you know? She's a trash character. I hate when people have to tiptoe around dumb things like that because they'll, they're afraid of getting called, like, misogynistic or not liking a woman project. Like, no, go fuck yourself. That movie's terrible. It's boring to watch. And if after a while I watch it again, I'm going to get a rope and hang myself because that movie's trash. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, saw, I, I saw it in theaters. I hadn't seen it since, but it was, like, playing in a restaurant mm-hmm. I was in. And I was like, wow. This is bad. <laughs> I watched it for the, for the first time to catch up on all the MCU movies at the time before No Way Home. And I was sort of going like, this is what we're arc- Like, this is just a bad movie. It's like, usually for the MCU, in, from the MCU movies, even when some of them are like, not, like just not good in general, at least during the film, they'll have like really good chemistry with the cast. The characters themselves will have really good synergy. Her doesn't even have that. Her doesn't even have any like basic good MCU quality. She sucks with every person she's around. The plot is like, hey, these scrolls are bad guys, but now they're good guys because, I don't know, reasons. And it's like, what? It's just a movie just sucks. Like it, mm-hmm. in, in the, other, the worst part, they had three villains in there. Ronan just comes out and just says, surprise, motherfucker, leaves. You have Jude Law's villain. Most of you don't remember who Jude Law's character even is. It's Jude Law. It's just Jude Law. It's who he is. He comes in. He could uh, like beat her ass probably, but she just I don't know put, shoots him with something. He just gets knocked out because that's just yeah, what it's, stupid men do. Yes, second second amendment representation. I think you want to hand to hand combat a man? Nah, just shoot <laughs> him. Perfect. And then the what's the villain? The central intelligence. I was like, oh god, what the fuck kind of villain is that? It's like just such, such a shit fucking movie. Thank God that movie's gonna bomb. I mean, if it doesn't and it's successful, I mean, I don't wish, like, not success for, for the women involved. I don't want people not being successful, but it's like, what kind of president are we setting if that movie actually does well at the box office? That's that's crazy. That means they know at any point they could just throw something out there and they'll just get money just because it's just Marvel. And it just yeah. will support naturally. And I think we're beyond that point now. I think that yeah. mm-hmm. people know. Hmm. Because I think uh, now we're at a point where you can't just throw something out there and it's j- j- just expect people to be there just because it's, it's a popular franchise. You have to actually put in something of quality. And I saw the trailers and I was like, this just looks like shit. Like, that just looks like pure shit. I mean, e- even with DC, like Aquaman 2 visually looked good from the trailer, but it's... I don't know if you like watched the DCU movies, actually. Um, I saw the first Aquaman. Um, I haven't seen... I saw and I saw the first Wonder Woman. I don't think I saw. You, you like, weren't really in, interested in the DCEU, were you? 
not as much. Like I didn't see Batman versus Superman or um, mm -hmm. I saw Man any, of Steel. Any, any reason why you still naturally gravitate toward like DC movies or characters? Um, I, I like, I like me some Batman. Um, mm -hmm. I love, 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 love the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the older Batman movies too. Mm -hmm. I, I love all those films. Um, I don't know if it's like Batman versus Superman, like looks super lame. I'm not gonna, mm -hmm. I don't know something about it. I'm like, mm, no, grim, dark Superman, not there. <laughs> and then, uh, cause I think, have you ever watched Batman under the red hood? No, I haven't. That, that is one of the best Batman animated movies ever made. And I know you'll like that from a concept alone. Okay, sure. Um, here, I'm. If you can give me a minute to step away, I'll be right back. Yes. I'm just sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to pit, pause you mid thing, but yeah, it's fine. So, sorry. for anyone who's uh, watching and listening to this uh, right now, hopefully, you guys go and check out uh, Annie's uh, YouTube channel. Also, um, the big Halloween video that I have planned right now is coming out, and you guys will absolutely love it. And uh, currently, right now, on the podcasting platforms, I myself have put out another episode of the Iron Man podcast, actually. And you guys will be getting more episodes in that series as well. So, like I mentioned before, if you're watching this live, is I had to basically go through the long route of how to basically get the Iron Man podcast episodes on there because uh, the way that YouTube has for their live streams and their videos, actually, you actually have to basically get your podcast episodes to YouTube because most of the podcasting platforms that it's going to be distributed on through um, Spotify for podcasters, which was anchor.fm. Most of that is catered towards like YouTube's, you know, specs of like how they do their, you know, live streams and their videos actually. So what ended up happening was I was getting the VODs off of Twitch, but then what ended up happening was those VODs were not compatible with uh, Spotify for podcasters. So I went and I just downloaded the episodes off of Rumble, and then I'm just going to basically upload them unlisted to uh my backup youtube account then i'm going to download them from that backup youtube account and then after that i will just upload them to spotify for podcasters and then that will actually allow me to put up the iron man podcast right now so it's gonna take a little bit more longer than what i was anticipating um only because what ended up happening was uh, this way is just going to obviously be a lot more uh, longer, but it's going to take a bit of time to get all the episodes up there. Also, uh, happy Halloween to every single person out there uh, watching and listening to this. You know, uh, later on tonight, we are going to actually have our Halloween uh, 2023 special Iron Man podcast talking about all things, you know, Halloween related, going to have some special videos coming out of that. And now moving forward, I will be able to actually, you know, do, I'll, I'll be able to take out clips and segments 
from the shows like these and put them out as regular videos. So I did that with the uh, Iron Man podcast, actually. Uh, sorry, the Cloud9 podcast. I did it with that. So I did it with the Cloud9 podcast where on uh, Sundays, Cloud9 podcast, 5, 5.30 you know, p.m. PST, I actually uh, clipped out. I, I, I Well, me and Chaz during the episode, we talked about Cloud9 and why they failed at the uh, 2023 League of Legends World Championship. And then after that, I'm going to end up clipping that out. And then I will actually uh, put that out there for you guys to see his videos. Because apparently, people don't realize, if you have your podcast, you can literally just take your own clips and put them out as regular videos too, which would also inherently attract people to watch your shows. Uh, but, oh, you are back. Hello. I am back. Sorry, mm. thank you. A lady left. So you left me like my dad. Oh my god! I came back though. Um, see, sorry. See, that, oh, not, okay. Now, now you get me in trouble. Holy crap! Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, God damn, being black and a dad leaving. Oh, CNN would not like that. Actually, you know, CNN also said I can't read. So that's also a thing. You know, what is it? Yeah, what a that's... shit, trash, disgusting organization. Actually, mm-hmm. I would agree. But sorry. Robin Hood, or not Robin Hood, sorry, Batman, Red Hood. The Hood connected me. The Hood connected you. Holy sorry. crap. <laughs> oh, because I wanted to ask you, uh, moving forward now, are you, do you have any big, big plans for your uh, channel, actually, or anything else you have got going on for the rest of the year? Um. Well, right now, we, okay, so we, we do two kind of different shows where we have, um, we have our regular podcast that we normally put out Saturdays where we um, interview. Um, um, it's half and half between interviews with different people. And we have sort of a normal um, kind of more of a normal knitting podcast where we you know show what projects we're working on. But we also talk politics quite a bit. Um, that's like the last couple ones we did. Um, it's not out yet, but we have a interview with uh Mephisto of Mephisto movie reviews. Um that and we talk a bit about his channel and also you know what what's going on in Israel right now. Um a couple previous ones to that um just normal talk knitting politics we have one um about the free speech issue um in England um with Lawrence Fox and the rest of that anyways so yeah previous episodes and we also have our Tuesday show which is uh live from the knitting moors and that's kind of more Friday night type style that it's uh, oh, wow. uh we okay. we just we just kind of come in and bring our projects and laugh up a lot so that's kind of more the Tuesday live show that we do um we have mm-hmm. yeah so that's coming up um we have a knit along going on mm-hmm. right now it's called the puritanical knitting fun run where you have to knit a project in majority black yarn um in yeah. order to become a part of the giveaway and things um we have an upcoming uh trunk show a virtual trunk show so um different people with yarn related businesses will come onto our show i think that's november 11th I'm trying to remember that Saturday. Anyways, they're going to come on to our show and we're going to, we're going to do a live and they're going to show off different stuff from their shops and have like a promo code sort of a thing. So yeah, that's uh yeah, that's 
kind of stuff. I know, we you got. Like, I know you like your politics. So like, where do you swing politically then actually? Oh, I'm, I'm to the right of Attila the Hun. Okay. All right. So I'm what do you do when the song like uh, to, 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 to the left comes on? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you are a right person through and through, right? Yes. I'm, did I'm you, very conservative and always have. Did been. you ever uh, think like we say liberally about anything ever? Ever. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess when I, I remember when I was like, a very like elementary age kid and i mm -hmm. would say think you know i'd say something about environmentalism or whatever because the school told me so and mom would be like no that's crap <laughs> and you know that that's i i remember stuff like that but no well in in part from influence of my parents but yeah i've very early very conservative very politically interested which kind of comes out in um how i think about superhero stuff as i'm sure you see but yeah so what would be like one of the big biggest issues america has in your opinion um i don't know i think well not to quote our old buddy razor fist but to quote our old buddy razor fist um um, a people has the government that it deserves, which is a harsh thing to say, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, if we, if we have election issues, it's because we've allowed election issues to fester and we haven't wanted to do anything about it. It's mm -hmm. not that, it's not that our country our political issues are unsolvable it's that these issues go to the people who care about it the most that it goes it takes will to succeed um when you know when someone who is liberal sees a law they don't like they say okay we're going to campaign and change the law or we're going to even act as if the law doesn't exist. Um, you know, the, the difference between what it says on the books and how it acts out in behavior. Um, you know, you, we can say all day that we have a constitution and that outrides everything. But if we don't act as if we have a First Amendment, then do we really have a First Amendment? Um, so, like I said, when, when someone who is more liberal, very left-leaning says, I don't like that law. Well, I'm going to change that law. The right has more of a tendency to say, well, I don't like that law, but it's the law of the land. What can you do? So that that they're, they're more willing to accept and to play along. And that now we have some issues of serious corruption and, you know, legal system in government in bureaucracy just spending alone if we just put a big question mark on where are these trillions going that's a huge issue and the republicans twiddle their thumbs and the democrats get out there and get more funding so yeah it's a uh, yeah i would definitely what did say, you think about those uh got primary debates that we've had from both of them oh <laughs> 
Trump won them all. Don't 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 you love Nikki Haley? I know on Twitter you always so much you love Nikki Haley. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw a piece of junk mail the other day saying about how Nikki Haley was the truest, most conservative if 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 ever, and I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> Nikki Nikki Haley, I remember. Um, I didn't sit through the debates. I did see the mm -hmm. interviews that everyone did with Tucker. That yeah. I I sat through those, mm -hmm. but Nikki Haley would come out of I have a big solution to this problem. And be like, okay, Nikki, that's a problem. What's your solution to it? And she's like, I've worked here forever. I know solutions. Yes, you do. Yes, you do, Nikki. And she's like, and all my solutions are government programs. It's like, yeah, you lost me right there. He's like, and we're going to have this much spending and we're going to have this many programs and we're going to do this more and we're going to expand government more. And I'm like, that's right. That's, yep, that's where she is. Uh, it's uh, the same thing that people talk about when it comes to the whole ele electric car thing. People factor in, I don't know if anybody knows this, so the, the actual minerals that go into that battery or whatever that charges your fucking car, the electric cars, mm -hmm. those come from China. So I, I find it really weird how people are per, trying they're trying to push this ele electrical car wave when in reality that, that just puts us as more reliant on China because we can't harvest those minerals here. There's a reason why we've had to like outsource our stuff from other places because we just don't right. have it here, you know? Well, and the thing is, is that it's not impossible for us to have it here, mm -hmm. um, but A, that would take will it would take effort to mm -hmm. i mean we have a lot of land we're we're a resources rich nation um we could dig we could do more other things and see where that is but we don't want to do it and then we have way more environmental regulations about this and because we are regulated to the nth degree and china mm -hmm. is like i don't know man make little kids do it you know rare you know uh, mine these rare earth caustic min uh, minerals, and they're just like, mm -hmm. nah, man, that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. so right, right out by back by the forced labor plant that you yeah. we have these, and again, it's a uh, with the oil issue in America, Trump lifted regulations. He also lifted regulations when it came to steelworks to coal mm -hmm. everything is cheaper and more prosperous and he paved the way towards making our own things and if we make our own things it is going to be much better working conditions and it's going to be much cleaner now I, in general you know i'd say cut down on regulations but if you are an efficient workforce you are going to work more cleanly um, it's like in the 1800s with the industrial revolution that, you know, you have billows of smoke and how awful it was, but they did after a while, find a way to burn coal more efficiently, mm -hmm. which made less smoke. Um, you did have, and they're like, oh, they're dumping all of this pollution in the river. Yes, but nobody wants to live with that. So yes, there was, you know, petitions for cleaning up water, but also the better that you become at something, the more efficient you become at something. And a lot of the cleanup follows already. Uh -huh. um, so it, that, you know, having a, a lot of the regulation preventing stuff being made in America is stuff like, oh, well, you can't touch those forests. 
is like, well, what if we came in and we harvested part of the forest and we kept the bottoms clear, that we cleared out all of the brushwood and we prevented things like forest fires through good forest management. And we do take some of these trees because they are not well. And then we plant new ones and that we, mm-hmm. we maintain the forest as we would a garden instead of just letting it molder and wondering why it catches on fire. Um, right. That if, if we had those practices, it would be better for the environment than the quote environmentalists saying, Oh, you can't touch that. What I, you know, it's really weird when anyone brings up like anything politics wise, not just right or left. It's I hate this concept of even if you're doing something good, people will inherently always bring up the double edged sword effect, which is like I think Ron DeSantis brought, brought this up in something he was talking about where like even if you do something good, people will always say, but this is going on, too. It's like that's just how life works, though. Mm-hmm. It That's I don't get what people do that. You're never going to have like 100 percent good out of each thing you do because people need to understand everyone acts in their own self-interest now as a leader even if you're someone like him or anyone that's leading a, a gut like well, most governors are, are terrible like the governor of chicago that guy's complete garbage that guy is absolute dog shit the governor of new york absolute dog shit i, oh, I was surprised it got this because usually for me as a person it's not that i never cared about politics it would be more like i would kind of like I would hear about all this stuff, but I would kind of stick my head in the sand. I really get my opinion because, you know, reasons, right? But as more I grew up, I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to – if I feel a certain way about a situation, I just wanted to talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. As you know, as politics, people always said, like, well, if you don't know too much about it, why are you speaking about it? But the, the that's not really how that would work, though, because that would – as an everyday person, you experience politics every day of your life. You would have a actual better general thought of how politics would work from your daily life. That kind of concept works as, like – Someone who's not a content creator telling you how to be one when they're not one. Because mm-hmm. they they will clearly not understand what they're talking about. Because they're not one. We live life every day through politics. So we'd have a good yeah. grasp of how they would work based off, I don't know, living every day. Right? Yeah. Un- unfortunately, it's kind of the concept of, you know, if you don't care about politics, politics care about you. <laughs> so that, and yeah. uh-huh. um, I'm trying to think who said it, but that the, um, it's like, it was the idea of are we freer now in which politics mm-hmm. affects every single aspect of our daily lives mm-hmm. or like in some medieval peasantry land mm-hmm. where, yeah, the tax collector would beat you up once a year and maybe mm-hmm. the king's a jerk, but generally you're living your life. Right. And I think another thing that, that really gets people off because they don't understand this as a concept at all is when you have life as the way it's structured, double-edged sword is going to happen to everything, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if some states are very good at one thing, but they lack in another, it's because that's how big problems are. Problems Mm -hmm. are so big at this point where I don't think you can ever have a universal pie where everything's fixed. You know, crime is really high in certain areas. And there was another thing I wanted to mention. I think I lost it right here. I had it. Oh, which was, I think it's actually good more people talk about politics now. Well, whether or not you agree or disagree doesn't matter. People talking about it more means they're involved now. Because back years ago, people would actually have that as an idea. Well, if you don't care if politics, don't talk about them. It's like, well, no, you should. Because you're the one, I don't know, you're paying taxes, you're paying your bills. I think you should have a say in what goes on, right? 
I, I've and, never liked that and, mindset. It's just so stupid. If you really actually think about it logically, well, if you don't like it, don't talk about it. But even though I literally have these a part of my life every year, I can't talk about it. Though I clearly live through it. It's so stupid. Yeah, People are and, dumb. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people too. Um, when you're discussing things with them, like when you talk it out, it gives you an opportunity to think out concepts. And sometimes mm -hmm. that even something that you're like, oh, I believe this in my head. Once you verbalize it, it comes out different. And you're like, oh, I didn't actually have that as concrete thought out as I did before. Mm -hmm. So it's like, no, you need to talk it out. You need to verbalize it. You need to walk through the issue and maybe, you know, think about things that you haven't before or even in your own mind to actually set down a thought is incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, Crime is another thing, too, because now it just kind of feels like if you defend the things that you paid for, your house or whoever you're defending, then you're the bad guy now. Like, apparently, it, it's just good to just be a bad person, rob, potentially kills people. And if they do bad things to you, even though you're the bad person, you're the one that's going to get in trouble, which is like, what? Yeah. You said these things years ago, people would start laughing at you because it's just that's a really stupid thing. Like, it's just, it's just moronic, actually, you know? Right. Yeah, there's, there's this sort of mental switch that's like your property is an extension of you. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, it's not as important as your own life, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, I, that if, you know, if my, if my car is stolen, that is a significant mm -hmm. amount of financial thing from me. Um, if nothing else, it's a, it's the amount of money. Oh, it's just money. Yeah, money is what I get for time lived at work. It's a, it's yeah. the. <laughs> it's kind of like my 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 dues. Yeah. It's kind of pay your dues, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you see, I have time, and the time comes out in money. So I'm really trading around bits of my life. So if you could please hand them back to me, that would be great. Um, but that it's an extension of yourself and, uh, property rights are absolutely vital. And it's like, a, oh, well, you don't care. It's like, oh, well, I, I don't mind all my rights being chipped away, but by bit, I guess a little bit of property is no big deal, but also it's, a, uh, oh, so what I own should be allowed to be taken by anybody. Like it's valuable to me. I shouldn't care. It was valuable to someone else to take it and them caring is okay. That it's, it's a willful blind eye kind of thing. It's unnatural. Like even if I remember yesterday, I saw a video where someone tried shoplifting and they didn't kill the person, but they took <laughs> a can of like, I think carrots and threw it at their head. <laughs> knocked them out. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I just knocked him out clean to the dome. Just done. He was just insta done. And mm -hmm. they called the cops and everything. And it's it's like, how does the state live? Like, I live in California. I don't know where you live. I mean, state. Oh, you're talking about South Dakota. South I don't Dakota. know how you guys. Okay. You're in so, California. Oof. Yeah. But I'm in a, a part where I don't have to deal with like, there's not, that's crazy. I'm, I'm pretty sure I live in one of the more better cities or towns now in California compared to what it used to be, uh, where the law is like, if you steal anything under a certain, a certain amount, you just, don't get prosecuted. It's like, why is that even a, that just inherently enables criminals to do anything. Mm -hmm. Stealing under a certain amount of money. It's stupid. Like governor is just an absolute idiot. I, I don't know how much farts he's been sniffing out of his own. Uh, I don't know how much like crack he's been smoking. He's probably smoking a lot. I don't know how he keeps getting elected as a governor. It just blows my mind. 
maybe people just earn this like weird self-fulfilling prophecy where they just they know they know it's bad, but instead of getting out of it, they they did and fight to get out of it, they'd rather just keep doing it, honestly. I know, keep voting for the Joker. <laughs> At least the Joker's funny. Our governor's fucking stupid and actually he's just a moron. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh but yeah, I think we had a we had a great uh did you enjoy your first time here on the show? I actually? did. I mean, thank you so much for inviting me. I know that my my whole knitting world thing is a bit out of your way, and yeah. Oh no, great. I'll talk to anyone. Honestly, <laughs> I'll talk to anyone if I haven't heard of something. Well, might as well start getting acquainted with it to know it. Actually, you know. And the thing here with knitting is, because what is okay? Have you ever had any injuries when knitting? Actually, <laughs> not serious one. My wrists have taken a toll. But mm. you know, how, much, how much are you knitting? I've I've knit not every day, but pretty consistently. I mean, since I was a teenager, and I'm 30 now. So you know, what, what does your husband think about your? Oh, uh, I'm not married. Oh, you're not married. So. Okay, okay. So at least you don't have a husband going. Get, get off! Stop knitting. Make me some food, woman. <laughs> hey, I can also make food. I I got skills. See, at least but... you have that. I, there was a there's that video yesterday. Where this girl, she was like, I, I can't cook, but I, I can do this thing. And I was like, yeah, there's a reason why modern women get thought of as jokes. Yeah. I'm just, just saying modern. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I I, I fall into the the issue of modern. Women. Like, no, no, no. I, I I have all of those, quote, trad wife skills. But also <laughs> I, I will. But also if you're an idiot, I'll tell you, which seems to be my biggest issue. <laughs> So, you, you're just mean. That's all. That's, that, all it, that's is. it. I'm just a jerk. I just gotta. I just gotta do better, Senator. Mm-hmm. God, God, just. Oh, I hated that line. Oh, so. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I saw. Sorry, with Falcon and Winter Soldier, I mm-hmm. saw the first two episodes. I said this sucks. Someone else was watching it, so I like came in on the last episode and saw that. I'm like, wow. I'm so glad I didn't see the middle part. <laughs> but out of all. The Disney Plus shows that was the only one I really, really enjoyed was just Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and that the 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 parts that really knock it down are just so dumb. It's like you guys, you just have to do better. I hate people say that it's so fucking cringe. Oh god, yeah, just do better. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Who make these terms up? Get good, get as the gamers say. <laughs> oh my god, don't don't do that to me. I'll say this right now. Pepperoni pizza is better than sex, everyone. Changed my mind. That's how it works. <laughs> I had one where I said cinnamon toast crunch cereal is better than sex. And people actually were like, wait a minute. Is he, is he on to something there, actually? So I'll ask you, uh, is there any shout outs you want to give to anyone in particular? And anything else you want to say before we head out, actually? Um, I guess check out my channel, Blakely and Correct mm-hmm. Knitters. If you're, if you're into that, we also, I mean, it's a knitting chat. You know, we talk plenty of non-knitting where we do... A lot of of cancel culture stuff, a lot of political stuff. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we uh, we just had an interview with Mephisto's movie reviews, so that will come out soon. And yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, also, the movie review say scene on YouTube is weird. You know, people always say, "Who invented movie criticism on YouTube?" Guys, criticism has been around since the dawn of fucking forever. No one invented it. It's just been natural way how we talk to each other you know mm-hmm. people yeah. went wait a minute i can just do what i'm doing in real life on the internet that's just how that works actually it's not that big a deal no one invented movie criticism on youtube because people were people that you never heard of probably were already doing it you just never heard of them that's just how 
things work. Those things that are really popular, you'll never hear of just because, well, that's just how big the world is actually, you know? Yeah. I, I have this little book and it is original literary criticisms from the 1800s. And it's like <laughs> Sir Walter Scott, who poet, and he also wrote Ivanhoe. And it's his literary criticism of Jane Austen, who I was mm -hmm. also at the time. I'm like, this is fascinating because like I said, everyone, everyone did it then. There were newspaper reviews. There were books published mm -hmm. of reviews. There was all sorts mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just digital age. Yeah. And I will tell to you, watch Under the Red Hood and Master the Phantasm. I think you'll really like those. Those are animated movies anyway. Okay. If you didn't have prior knowledge of the complex, it's not going to matter. The concepts alone will just blow you away, especially Under the Red Hood, actually. It'll make you really... I know you uh, questioned this Captain America Iron Man relationship in Civil War. Having Under the Red Hood will do that for you. And also it's animated, so you're going to have even more experience of just more Batman stuff. And yeah. Just, who doesn't like who doesn't like that? Also, the Marvels is going to suck, guys. I, I'm not going in hoping it sucks. I really do hope I go in and actually get a good movie. But then again, it's like also hoping you're black and you'll get your dad. That didn't happen, actually. You know? <laughs> well, good <laughs> luck and Godspeed. Oh, my goodness. And as we, we must remember this. Don Lemon quit the same day Tucker Carlson was fired from Fox News. And no one since then has given a fuck that Don Lemon is not at the end. And no one cares. No one even talks about that guy. Well, unless his mom yeah. or his parents, they have to talk about him because they, they probably have to love him. But people like us don't mm -hmm. like him at all, actually. That's how it works. <laughs> you know, people like, like, like on that side will say they care about you, they love you, but time you're not in the spotlight anymore. They don't really give a damn what you're doing, actually. Uh, very true. Mm. We'll see you guys later. Have a great night, everybody.